Hello and welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. Uh, Today we are talking about your art journey. Uh, When we are in the midst of things, it is easy to lose sight of the big picture of our own journey as an artist. We tend to focus on the day-to-day, the ups and downs of whatever we are currently working on, as well as on future goals and plans. But every now and then, it's good to appreciate the path we've walked on to this point and how one thing has led to another. Uh, And uh, with me, as always, is Rebecca Kroll. Hello, everyone. I kind of love this topic because it it fits in with a lot of other things we talk about on the podcast, including introspection as feeding your work and um, even um, things that you want to say about your work and all kinds of things that it helps to sit back and say and get the bigger picture about who you are as an artist. But it came to my mind recently because I had read a couple of posts on Facebook from different people. And one of them was an artist who's having a retrospective exhibit. And her post was giving thanks and gratitude to everyone that had helped her along the way and acknowledging it had been a lot of people over time. And it was touching to me because I thought we all have those people if we look back and think about it. And there was another artist um, talking about how she just started experimenting with a particular thing, a particular medium, and figuring out what she could do with it. And it led to a whole series and that that was exhibited. And then the first that first painting that she was just playing around with, she sold at the exhibit. And, you know, it just struck me. We never know what's going to happen. She was just playing around with something and then it opened up quite a world. So I think whether you're just starting out or you've been at this for a long time, you can look back and you can connect the dots what what particular thing led to that um when when did this opportunity show up or when did somebody encourage you to do something and you did it and look what happened you know um it, it kind of brought to mind the the talking heads song once in a lifetime where uh, it goes and you may ask yourself well how did i get here <laughs> it's a good question and it's true for a lot of aspects of life but as i said in terms of your art life Understanding this, seeing it, taking a good look at it can really help you speak more uh, honestly or thoroughly about what you're doing and to understand it yourself. And it's also, it's helpful when you're having those down moments and you're thinking, wow, nothing good is happening and nothing has happened for a long time. And then you realize when you think about it, oftentimes a good thing in the past came along about the time you were feeling that way. And you were feeling like giving it up or discouraged, and then some door opened unexpectedly. Well, and and when you think of the story of your life, and if you were telling your story to somebody else, there's always, like, you never read a story where it's like, and then this amazing thing happened, and then this amazing thing happened. <laughs> if you do, it's kind of boring. <laughs> right, right. That's kind of like, uh, you know, what, what people, some people's Facebook feeds look like, you know, uh, what they post on social media. Um, but, you know, as humans we are attracted to stories this was something i was touching on in the the last episode and when you're describing that that story of your life there's going to be ups and downs and that's part of your story and it's part of what makes it a a narrative an arc yeah um and it it also 
it helps you to see that there is forward momentum going on, even though it can get buried in this, all this day-to-day stuff. And you you have a history, you build a history, and that's your keeps you on track. And you can you can point to that when you need a little boost of confidence or a little hope and say, well, something happened in the past, it can happen again. A lot of us, I think, do keep track of our lives in this way. We journal, we write stuff in our sketchbooks, um, and maybe just making notes here and there. But when you think about also as an artist, you've got your whole journey in any older work that you still have around. And, and like, I think all of us have a lot of older work around, whether it's stuck at our studios or hanging on somebody's wall or our own walls. And to look at that, just the work itself and see the story and see the changes that have happened. It's really a long trail that we leave behind and nobody understands it like ourselves. So I think it is a way to, to delve into this introspective activity that we've mentioned a number of times on podcasts as being important, that it helps you understand your personal voice and where you're going with your work and what you want to convey and your intentions is this kind of introspective activity. And so just kind of thinking about this journey and asking yourself certain questions and maybe writing them down or talking about them with somebody. And I'm going to, I'm going to share some of the questions that I have used in advanced workshops, for one thing, where we sometimes have group discussions and we throw out some of these questions. It's always been really interesting to hear what people say in response. And and one of them is, um, at what point did you start to call yourself an artist? Now, some people will say, well, I still don't. Um, that's interesting if they're in an advanced workshop. <laughs> um, but for a lot of people, they do call themselves an artist, and they they look back and they say, there was a point, something happened, somebody else called me an artist, and I realized it was true, or I had to explain myself to somebody, and that was the word I used. And that's part of your story, that moment when, when you identified strongly with that, if you hadn't always, and of course, there are people that always have from a young age, but many more people have not. And they've been doing something else with their lives. And it's a big step then to say, yeah, I'm an artist. And and not to call it a hobby and not to just say, oh, it's something I mess around with. But this is me. This is who I am. Um, and that that's something that I've personally struggled with is shifting my kind of personal identity to entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever people are asking me what I do. You know, it's 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 been a struggle for me to not say, oh, you know, I, I bartend or and I drive Uber or something. This and that. This yeah, and, it's yeah. like those are my cash gigs. You know, like uh-huh. like what I am is an entrepreneur. You know, and and I own a beverage company. And, That's what I tell people when yeah. they say, "What do you do?" I say, "He's right. an entrepreneur." Right, and and I and I produce audio. I produce podcasts. You know, and audio books and stuff like that. And so it's it's been a struggle for me to shift that because I've I've spent most of my adult life just working these kind of menial jobs that mm-hmm. you know put put some money into my wallet mm-hmm. um and but uh, to shift that from my identity to that's just what i do on the side and many you know? yeah many artists have something that they still do work on for cash or they have right. another job but to feel that that's that your true identity is what you just said that's that's quite a shift that's a, it it puts a different light on it for yourself right 
and gives you a different, I mean, anytime we shift our identity a little bit, I think it can be very positive. And it, kind of a related question is, well, where did that where did that urge come from? How far back do you trace whatever it is you identify with, in your case, entrepreneur, um, in the case of an artist? When, when did that urge kind of come over you or how and say, this is this is what I want. And this is a very hard thing to, to come at if it doesn't, if it hasn't been something all along for you, but you've worked your way into it and you say, ah, that's when I knew. And I, I've talked to a number of artists who, who have told me specific moments when they said, that's when I knew, that's when I knew I wanted to, this is what I wanted for my identity. This is what I wanted to do in my life. Other times it's gradual, but thinking about it, you know, just how does that fit in with with your story? Another question um, is about mentors. You know, who were your mentors? Did you look for them deliberately because you knew you wanted them? Or did they appear somehow? How did you feel about them? Did you recognize them as mentors in the beginning? Um, these are all interesting questions that kind of show your openness to to learning or to taking um, information from other people. Um, well, and it's, it's also useful for crafting your story because that guide character is, oh, is yeah. a very important part of any story arc. Yeah. And so it's, it's something helpful for you to include both in your, your own kind of just thinking about yourself as, as, a, the you know the hero of your story um, and in uh, crafting a narrative that you can use like in in public speeches and things like that yeah and and typically people feel very grateful to their mentors and they they really stand out in their lives and and pointed directions that the person was ready for but maybe wasn't totally aware of that they were ready. I had a couple when I was quite young and I had a instructor in graduate school who was very helpful in that way. And you just look back at them and say, how did they know? How did they see that in me? But they did. And you know, it's it's very touching really to think about those people and what they've done for you. And so the it all it all gets wrapped up in this part of this whole process really is is involved in gratitude for the things that have worked for you and the people that have helped you and the, the breaks you've had and that sort of thing. Um, another interesting question, and, and we were talking in the last podcast about stories and, and challenges that people need to push through and thinking about what were the hardest times for you and what were the things that really up to this point have <laughs> really made you struggle and put your realize what your priorities are basically if you're working in art when you realize okay i've got to push through this so that i can do the art and we all have different ones and different stages in our life for myself i think the um early years of parenting were very hard that way to find the time and the focus to keep working on my art financial issues um for many years were difficult and other things that happened that just you know, it it was tempting to put put the work aside, but I didn't. I tried to keep going always. And I think a lot of people listening to this will identify with that and say, yeah, I, that was hard, but I kept going and I'm glad I did. It's all part of what 
where you are today. It's part of that journey, and it's good to look at that and give yourself credit for that. And say, you know, um, you persevered, and and nobody does this alone. So you give credit to others as well. But you you yourself were strong enough to keep going. Um, another thing specific to art is. This is one of the questions I, I like to throw at my students sometimes. Were there breakthrough works of art for you? Were there paintings or other works of art that you did probably early on, but could have been much more recent, that said, oh, this is it. This is where I'm heading. It may not have been the most successful painting. It may not have been something that other people could see what you saw in it, but it was something that shifted your focus and your direction and you could see potential in it and those are also interesting works of art to include in artist talks if you're doing a slide talk for example and put up a picture of this whatever it was and say this one pointed the way for me this one i saw what was going to happen and that takes some self-awareness to think back, or maybe something just stands out in your mind. Oftentimes, it's when a work of art touched on you very personally. You felt like you were channeling the work somehow, that it was coming through you, and it was very personal and powerful, meaningful to you. And those are ones you really need to pay attention to. One other thing I wanted to say about, about mentors also is that you yourself no matter what stage you've been at, have been an example, a mentor, a role model for other people. I see this particularly when we say things to young people, to children even, and that can really impact them. I think we can all remember things, positive or negative, that were said to us as children about our artwork and how it formed how we saw ourselves. And so when when speaking to people who are at that vulnerable place in their life, realizing that, that you're having that impact and you can say things to people that will really help them. And so I, I think that's a role that you can understand better when you consider what people have said to you in your life that was helpful. How can I, how can I p- play that forward? How can I pass that on to somebody else and be supportive? Do you have an example of like what what a a negative thing that might be said to a child would be and and how that could be stated differently? Um yeah, I mean I remember being told it's not visual art, but I remember being told quite early on that I couldn't sing. I think I've talked about this on the podcast before and and, and assured you that I would not sing, but all my life afterwards I believed that I could not sing. And I didn't even think it would be possible to learn to sing. Now, I don't really believe that anymore, but it took a long time. Um, and I think any time a teacher or a parent criticizes a work of art that a kid does, says it doesn't look like the thing that you were trying, that you say this is a house, but it doesn't look like a house to me, um, you know, that's... It, it messes with their heads <laughs> because it looks like a house to them. <laughs> so maybe rather than speaking in absolutes, you say, here's what we can do differently or have you tried or, this? Or you just say, tell me about your picture. That's that's the biggest advice to for small children when they show you stuff is just, um, yeah, let's talk about what you did here because they'll, they'll be very happy and tell you all about it. But as soon as you start to 
to judge it, it, it shuts the whole conversation down. It, it's different if somebody is coming to you for advice, an older person or somebody that wants help. And then what you said, yeah, let's let's see if we can figure out what the issue is here and how to work with it. And that's, you know, that's a skill that anybody who teaches workshops or anything should. Right. Perfect. You don't say to a six year old, well, have you tried three point perspective? <laughs> right. Always trying to meet the person where they are. And so in terms of your own story and your life, this is it, it's good to be aware of when people were helpful to you and how they were helpful and then try to try to do that with other people with anybody, your friends, or if you teach workshops or anything, putting yourself in that place where somebody said something to you that was pretty meaningful. Uh, so overall, kind of seeing your, your whole journey as this, as a big picture is kind of the unfolding story. And another thing that I think is interesting is what has reoccurred in your life, in your work? What are things that if you look back at Something, if you've been doing art a long time, something you did 20, 30 years ago, uh, how does that relate to what you're doing now? Because I believe there are these sort of core things that people keep coming back to in different ways throughout their lives. And this can be very uh, informative as to what your intentions are for your work and help you kind of focus on what it is that you're looking for. Because intuitively, over time, these things recur. And it may be a visual element, it could be a shape, it could be a subject matter, anything. Um, and there's also, that's in terms of you know, what you're actually seeing in your painting, there's also other recurring cycles in your life that you can look at, the ebbs and the flows, as we call them, you know, the, the times when things are going great, the times when they're not, um, times when you're very focused and motivated, and times when you're really searching and you're saying, I don't know what's next. And these are cycles. And when you look at the big picture, you see them as cycles. And, and it gives you so much confidence to say, oh, I've been here before. <laughs> you know, I, I'll, I'll come out the other side again. And then there'll be another challenge. You know, it's like accepting that this cyclical nature is part of the creative process. And you may not see it unless you take the time to look for it. And and sort of make note of it while you're going through it. And that's, I do advocate some degree of journaling or note, note keeping in your sketchbook or something. Because it's, you may look back in your own mind and say, oh, last year was great. Everything was fine. And then you pick up a sketchbook and you find yourself ranting about how hard something was and say, actually, there were times that it wasn't. And I pulled out of it. Yeah, it's funny how we look at the past with rose-colored glasses, and and when you actually look at the things that you were <laughs> maybe writing at that time, yeah. uh, you know, you realize uh, a lot of times that you're at a much better place in life than you've ever been before. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's to some extent it can go the opposite. You can think, oh, true, yeah, life has ups and downs. Yeah, but. like oh, that was a terrible time, and then you look at your notes, you say, well, you know, some good things happened too. So <laughs> it's it's generally a mixture. Um, so uh, another um, kind of interesting introspective thing to like a path to go down to write about or think about is is think about if you've had a particular work of art that ended up being recognized in some way or sold or whatever happened with it. Because what you see when you look at that one painting is the story of, well, you see the story of that one painting, but you see 
it has its own story that's sort of an arc of beginning, middle, and end, success, after struggle, whatever it, it might be. And you don't know any of that when you start out. This kind of goes back to the artist I referenced at the beginning. It was just playing around with something and ended up really finding uh, a pathway for herself. And a little, I guess a little anecdote of my own is a number of years ago, it was 2014, I painted a painting that was called Red Bog. It was I'd spent time in Ireland, so it had to do with the bog. And I I thought it was a good painting. I didn't I don't remember particular struggles with the painting itself. It was one of many. But around that time I saw a call for entries to a guy who wrote for Huffington Post, John Seed. He wrote a blog and he would apparently put out a call every year for people to submit their work and he would choose a number of paintings that 10 paintings that he considered memorable for the year of all the stuff he saw. So I thought, oh well, I guess I'll send him this painting. I liked it, you know sent it in and you know it was like oh lo and behold he picked my painting so this was one of his selected most memorable paintings of 2014 did i see it as totally exceptional when i sent it in not really it was just something i was working on i liked it so i sent it in and that that recognition led to some really good things and it it ended up that john seed wrote the forward to our book um and i've he's also written an essay for my website. And so that was really, you know, something that just unfolded in a way that was completely out of the blue. Um, on the other hand, the painting itself suffered a trauma. So I sent it to my gallery in Colorado on a very, very cold winter day. And somehow along the way, the panel itself became warped pretty badly. And when they received it, they were like, we can't we don't know what to do about this. And we went back and forth trying to figure out how it could be fixed and we couldn't figure it out. So at that point, I thought, what a shame. This painting that's, you know, I'm pretty proud of and it's been recognized is sort of unsellable. It's it's a mess. It ended up being purchased by the guy who owned the gallery. And I think he probably put a wire on the back or did something to pull it back into place, as you can do, but it's hard to sell it once it's like that. But he bought it and hung it in his house. And so for me now, it has a happy ending because um, it's in a place where I know it's appreciated and by someone that I admired. So it's like there's a lot of stories wrapped up in this one painting. And other paintings don't have much of a story. I paint them. I send them out. I never know what happens to them. But when you do know a story, it's kind of an interesting thing to to write about or think about. Um. So and and the path of a particular medium is another thing that people are interested in in thinking about. So how did you get started with what you do and how is it what has opened up for you because of it? Uh in my own life that would have to be cold wax medium, you know, it just was kind of a I guess I'll try this stuff kind of a thing and this has led to amazing developments uh in my personal life, my art life, um everything. And and I've enabled me to help a lot of other people as well, all starting with, hmm, hmm, maybe I'll try this stuff, you know, see what I can do with it. So even something like just picking up a particular medium that opened up an entire world for you is a is an interesting story to know for yourself. And And I think one of the reasons that we wanted to talk about this was to say we all do have stories 
we all do have stories in our art lives that we can share as a way for people to know us better and our work. Yeah. And there, there's so much to unpack in these stories too. Like there's so many paths you can go down with people. Um, you know, like, like just in that, that one story with your painting, I feel like there were, there were so many places where you could go with that. And, uh, I mean, it's just, uh, the stories are a tremendous way to engage people and share information and to give advice. And, yeah. uh, there's, there's just, there's so much in just a, a small little anecdote that, that you can expand on. And yeah. And, and I know for myself a few years ago, a friend of mine said to me, well, we all have a story as an artist. Right, right. And I thought, well, oh, I don't really have a story, you know? <laughs> like, I, I drew a complete blank. Well, obviously, I have a story. I have more than one story. We all have lots right, of them. Right, right. Uh, in the big picture, what's what's your story? Like, where did you come from? Where are you going? Who's helped you? What are you grateful for? What were the turning points? When when did things change? And And... What has recurred in your life to keep you going and uh, gather your momentum? Yeah, and I and I think it's important to to draw lessons out of stories. It's it's something that we do innately as humans, and uh, and to state them explicitly. Mm -hmm. You know, like like just in that one story, um, you could draw out of that. Uh, like some people have this kind of fantasy of of getting discovered, right? Yeah, and. It wasn't that you were discovered by John Seed. It's that you put yourself out there, you True. know. Yes, and and that and you were a part of that interaction. It wasn't. It wasn't that you were sitting on your laurels and waiting to for somebody to. For, that never works. <laughs> right. So that's that's a lesson you can draw out of that. You can draw out of that that you know. I mean, this painting went through a trauma, but you know, it still found a happy home. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can talk. You can draw out of that the importance of persisting through you know hard times. Yeah. Um. And so it's it, you know if you look at the stories of your life, you can you can draw lessons from your own stories that you know are true, so mm-hmm. they're powerful. Right. And then you can. And I think it's important to state them explicitly though, and and to think. Mm-hmm. What did I get out of this? What have right. I learned? And some people, honestly, have very, very tragic stories, very right. sad stories, right. very difficult stories. And yet those can also be inspiring stories for other people and for yourself. I think if, you, if you've if you overcome them, you've worked through it, um, you may be in the middle of one right now, and this may not make any sense. <laughs> You're like, what is she talking about? But over time... Uh, those those moments when you do move on are going to stand out at you and say, this is when things began to change again. There has to be some hope. There has to be some moving on at some point. Right. Um, and, and we do see that in our work as well, because we can we can have paintings that seem like they're they're never going to be any good. They're never going to go anywhere. And yet when we persist with them, very often they do They do come out all right. And they may even be some of your best paintings. You may have had to destroy them in the meantime. But right. <laughs> this kind of creative destruction that can happen. Um, and then they get they get forged back into shape. And it's, it's a good thing. So um, anyway, all those things are interesting questions i think and and you can think of more i'm sure because everybody's life has included aspects that you know not everybody they may be unique to you maybe you've moved a lot and you think well what 
what did I gain from all the places that I've lived or something like that that's that's more specific to your own story and consider and and include these things when you do speak about your work to some extent. And it, of course, usually when we speak or write about our work, we have a fairly limited amount of words that we can use. Um, but as you were saying, a specific story uh, can encapsulate a lot of ideas, a, a part of our story that is significant. Well, do you have any final thoughts to wrap up this episode? Well, I think as we started out talking about, it's easy to lose sight of that big picture. I mean, every day we're just trying to deal with what we have to do that day or what we have to do tomorrow. And it's really easy to forget what we've been through already and what we've what we've learned and accomplished, who helped us and all those things. Um, and, and really appreciating that, I think. So our story as an artist is contributes hugely to our personal voice and what our work is about. And it's also, as such, it's something that other people find interesting, other artists find interesting and people who are interested in our work. And figuring out what to say about it and how to sort of wrap things up when we do speak about it is is a positive thing. Well, that about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. You can find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. Please make sure to check out squeegeepress.com, as well as www.rebeccacroll.com, and sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. Please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, or Stitcher, and leave us a rating and a review. Remember to share the show with friends and family and anyone who you think will enjoy it. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody.